G'day everyone and welcome to episode 12 of Double Jump Radio, the official podcast of doublejump.co. I'm your host Abia and this week I'm joined by Zach. Zach, how you doing buddy? I'm doing pretty damn good, how about you? I'm doing well, I'm doing well man, that's good to hear, it's good to hear, especially uh, with everyone still in lockdown in Victoria, so that that's really good to hear man. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not the best of times, but I'm in a pretty good mood right now. I'm here, I'm recording some podcasts. Let's do it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you're, you're in the middle of uh, uni work, so you probably can't go out anyway. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Have you had the chance to play anything this past week, buddy? Uh, other than my usual Animal Crossing, uh, not really. I have dipped my toe into Final Fantasy fourteen, which I was meaning to get into for a while. Ooh. I've. What do you think? What do you think so far? So far, I've only put a couple hours into it. So far, I'm enjoying it. It's. I'm not really the biggest MMO player, but I do like me a good JRPG, yep. and it is shaping up to be a good JRPG. So I'll take it. What about you? Oh yeah, me. I've, I've, I've reinstalled Rainbow Six Siege which seems like more of a saga than I expected to because I had to uninstall a couple of games just so I could install this because SSDs were expensive a few years ago. So when I bought that one, it was 500 gigs, which seemed like plenty back then, but now it's nothing. So <laughs> that's uh, that's been a little bit of fun uh, shuffling around games so I can reinstall a game. And not to mention that Apex Legends had like a 40 gig patch a couple of weeks ago, which oh meant I had to uninstall a different game just to install that patch, which is dumb. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I try not to worry about space too much, but yeah. oh, my PS4 is getting mighty full. Well, it's a good it's a good thing that the PS5 hopefully isn't too far away. Hopefully, but more on that later. <laughs> How about we talk a little bit about what was on Double Jump last week. We had four stories go up. We'll quickly recap them and then we can talk about a couple of highlights there so first of all we had mitch's a short hike review then we had tom's press x to adapt piece about netflix's high score which is a a good read for anyone who's interested about you know video game history and especially lgbtq and racial representation on the screen especially with regard to video game history which is interesting and we kicked off our new flagship file series where different writers talk about different launch titles from previous generations and 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 the first off it was john talking about drive club which was a quite a quite a storied game when it came out a few years ago so that, that that's another interesting read for folks at home and then we followed that up with tom's mo slash astray review on switch so those are kind of the the, the main stories that came out on double jump last week Now let's uh, quickly move on to the news because there's there's quite a bit of news that came out surprisingly this week. Uh, first of all, we've got some more yeah. details about the Xbox Series S and Series X, which funnily enough, I don't think Microsoft was planning on revealing it so quickly, but its hand got forced after Windows Central basically issued a report confirming the existence of the Xbox Series S and also revealing pricing and launch details for both the Series S and Series X. So for folks at home, the Xbox Series S is going to be priced at Australian 
$499 with the Series X priced at $749. So about $100 more than the Series, the uh, Xbox One X when that launched a couple of years ago. Uh, Microsoft has confirmed that the November 10 date that was rumored is actually confirmed. So November 10 is the release date for both consoles here in Australia and around the world. Now, for folks at home who aren't too familiar with the Series S, Microsoft's basically positioning that as a less powerful version of the Series X, but designed to you know, cater to players who are a bit more on a budget or who want just the 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 most like kind of easiest to kind of maintain system in that 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 new system is is about 60 percent smaller than the series x so it's it's like the smallest xbox they've ever made and while the series x is targeting 4k gameplay the series s is focused on delivering 120 frames per second at 1440p which is kind of like a good medium resolution especially for people who are playing on PC monitors, which I think is a, a lot of people now, especially people who play competitively like Fortnite and things like that. They've got one of those quick refresh PC monitors. The other thing is it doesn't have a disk drive and it's got a smaller SSD. So only about 512 gigabytes versus that one terabyte that you get on the full size Series X. So a lot of the internals are similar in terms of raw power, but the probably a, a like a slower, slightly slower CPU and slower SSD to bring the price down. Now, four ninety nine as an entry point into next gen. What What do you think about that, Zach? What do you think? I think that's pretty good. Just in general, I'm actually not super into the idea of a console without a disk drive. That is just off putting to me, and I don't know if it's just You're because afraid of the digital future. I I think it's just it might just be that I'm used to consoles having disk drives mm. and seeing one without it is just a bit weird. But as far as pricing goes, I feel like that's pretty cheap. I mean, from memory, consoles usually don't launch at four ninety nine, right? Yeah, the series like the the PS four was about five hundred. Uh, was I think about five fifty to six hundred, and so was the Xbox One when it first launched. So I think the four ninety nine price is a fantastic place. But obviously, you know with sales and christmas and black and black friday and boxing day i could see that becoming like a 399 console which would be crazy for a new launch system yeah my question is will it go on sale like christmas sales will they affect that price tag so soon after launch uh because seeing a console go on sale you know a month after it launched seems a Mm. bit bit weird yeah Uh, um but it will be interesting to see I think it depends on Microsoft having the supply. Yeah. Obviously, COVID has kind of affected the supply chain for many companies around the world. So I don't think Microsoft's going to be immune to that. So that I think that's going to be the main challenge. If anything, it could bring the price of the Xbox One down a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it, it does seem like a fairly good deal. Yeah. To me, at least. Uh, I'm also curious to see whether they bundle any games with it, though. Yeah, exactly. Which I, f- I feel like you'd ex- kind of expect that, because that's... I mean, that happens a lot, but... Yeah, we haven't seen anything. But maybe what Microsoft could do is bundle in, like, two to three months of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, and, and that kind of gives you access to, I think, I think 100 games at Yeah, launch. that's... Like, there's a lot there. I was... I haven't seen all the specifics of Xbox Game Pass, but it's... 
impressive from what I have seen. Yeah, and the, even a game like Destiny 2, the Shadowkeep expansion got added, is getting added to it as well. So it's going to be funny seeing uh, between that and the new Destiny expansion that Bungie is once again going to be launching a premier shooter <laughs> on an Xbox console because Halo sure ain't coming out this year. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Oh, didn't that get delayed further? Yeah, yeah, it did to next yep. year. So, yep. I mean, that understandable given everything that's going on and all the yeah. the backlash. So, I think Microsoft played it safe there. And for for my tech nerds out there and my uh, my graphic graphical and audio nuts, Microsoft has confirmed that unlike the Xbox One, the Xbox Series S and X will both support Dolby Vision high dynamic range support, which means that it's like an active form of HDR where you get brighter brights, darker blacks, and it dynamically changes based on the scene. So theoretically, it could give you even better picture quality than standard HDR, which was what was supported on both the PS4 Pro, PS4 and the Xbox Series S and X. The other thing is that Dolby Vision is also going to be added to games next year. So games could look even better, especially if you're on like a really nice, like high-end LED panel or an OLED. That's going to be awesome. And the other thing is Dolby Atmos is going to be standard on both consoles at launch, which is great because Dolby Atmos really makes a difference when it comes to audio in terms that you get kind of surround sound, not just like on like a 2d plane like forward on the side and behind you but also like in a 3d way where you got sound kind of coming from above you as well so if you've got a good sound bar if you've got good headphones you can definitely be able to take advantage of 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 those feet of that audio feature there and to, to cap it all off microsoft and ea jointly surprised xbox fans by announcing that Anyone who's got an Xbox Game Pass Ultimate or Xbox Game Pass for PC subscription will automatically get access to EA Play at no additional cost. So that's like two subscriptions for the price of one, which is crazy, crazy that's good value. Insane. Yeah. That's insane to me. <laughs> like thinking about consoles, yeah. it's like, well, what exactly am I getting with this? But that, like yeah. I know straight up what I'm getting and that's good. Yeah, like imagine getting home and yeah, you see like, oh, one month trial to Xbox Game Pass. Okay, I'll try this out. And bang, you've got like 100 games you can download right there. Jesus. Plus, plus EA games being added to the EA Plus, uh, sorry, EA Play Vault at, at any given time. So that's, that's, that's pretty cool. That's, the, yeah, that's good. And then the kind of like the cherry on top is that if you've got an Android phone, when Microsoft rolls out Project X Cloud, anyone who's got Xbox Game um, Pass Ultimate will get access to EA games streamable via Project X Cloud on Android devices um, pretty soon as well. So that that's gonna be that's gonna be like an a, like an added value piece if if you've got an Android phone. It's crazy how like interconnected all of the like technology is starting to become where you can play games yeah. like you can stream a game from a console to a phone now and it's like that's just yeah. wild. I know right it's 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 really cool to see because it, maybe it's kind of like the the workaround to not having like a Switch-like system is that, yes, you can't take your Xbox with you, but imagine you could play your Xbox games on your phone. You've already got that on you. 
and you and if you're getting you're getting good internet with your phone connection you know you could make it you could be sitting at home playing witcher <laughs> you know you could be sitting on the couch playing the witcher on your xbox and then jump on the train and then playing the witcher on your phone and carrying your progress over and everything and all your achievements oh my god technology <laughs> is wild technology is wild <laughs> that does sound like an absolute data guzzler though <laughs> yeah that's true we need to catch up on that part <laughs> just a little so zach what do you think about what do you think about team sony what, what do you think they've got in uh in store for us okay so sony will be hosting their playstation 5 showcase on thursday 6 a.m australian eastern standard time uh, mm-hmm. There are, well, predictions that they will talk about the pricing and also backwards compatibility, both of which make sense to talk about, given that Xbox is kind of, <laughs> or Microsoft are kind of dropping all that stuff now. Yeah. Uh, as far as backwards compatibility, we do already know a little bit. Uh, they've said yeah. that it will be uh, a lot of the most popular, the most well-selling games on PS4 will be backwards compatible with PlayStation yeah. 5, but we don't know all the mm. specifics. Uh, and I gotta I say, I am very much looking forward to waking up at six AM to watch Sony talk about games and yeah, you know the system. You're you're firmly in the Sony camp, aren't you? Look, I have a PlayStation Four. I won't say I'm gonna get a PS Five on launch, but I probably yeah. will get one eventually. I'm gonna wait for some games to come out. I rarely, if yeah. ever, get a console on launch. Yeah, yeah, and and the but thing I is, I don't see myself getting an Xbox Series S or X. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, I don't know if there are many games that are confirmed to be on launch day because I think even even um, Ratchet and Clank is like in the launch window but not on launch day. Yeah, and that's something... That's why I'm like pretty hesitant. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what they announce as launch titles. You'd hope they'd have yeah. something worthwhile uh, yeah. because as far as I know, the only game they've confirmed that will be available at launch is uh, Grand Theft Auto Five, which... Has already been out for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, on the PS3. <laughs> uh, so, great. I can play GTA V. Never really had a lot of interest in playing GTA V. I already, I already could, but, you know, maybe, <laughs> you talking about? maybe I'll got, get a PlayStation 5 just to play that. Yeah, maybe. Maybe spend all your, your GTA V monies in there. I don't even know what they call it in there. Bucks? Monies? I, I don't know. Dollar I don't dues? know. Dollary dues. I'm settling on. I'm settling on dollary dues. But first, I got to get my real dollary dues to get a thing in the first place. To get a PS5 in the first place, and that's, that's a lot true. harder to do. What do you What do you think about pricing? Do you think it'll undercut the Xbox in any way? There are also because there are two versions of the PS5 coming out as yeah. well. There's the discless and the disc drive. And I've already said that the digital I'm, edition. Digital edition. That's what it's called. I've already said that I'm leaning towards. Well, that I prefer having a yeah. disc drive. I feel yeah. like the prices will be similar. I think the price for the version with the disc drive will be slightly cheaper than the Xbox Series X, and I don't know why I think that. It's just a vibe I'm getting. Um, it probably makes sense to try and undercut. It does, but I also don't think they can. What, what? Let's let's put dollars behind it. All right, let's put dollars to it. Let's say all digital edition versus the regular PS Five. What, what do you think the prices are going to be? Uh, all digital edition. I'm actually going to settle on 499 as well. Uh, for the version really? with the disk drive, I'm going to go for 650. 
You, you think it's going to be that much of a difference? I have no idea where I'm pulling those numbers out. I am not very <laughs> technical. Like, I don't know how much console production is. I'm pulling those numbers completely out of my ass. But you asked me to give you some numbers, and there are two numbers. And I'm putting <laughs> them down. <laughs> Fair enough. I was expecting the Xbox to be around the 800 mark. So 749, I think, is not so bad considering that. So I'd say for the PS5, I'd put the old digital edition at... I'd put that at say 5.99 and the like the ps5 proper at 6.99 just so that sony can just put a middle finger to microsoft for like yeah we're 50 bucks cheaper right (laughs) right but the thing about the thing that complicates it is that unlike microsoft sony doesn't have like so many other parts of the business that are actually making money like the playstation business is kind of I think it's PlayStation and the the movies part of Sony is kind of keeping it afloat, whereas Microsoft's got like you know Microsoft Windows, Surface, Office. It's got a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, I think Sony might need to chase kind of a a a a a profit per console rather than traditionally what console makers do is like kind of lose a bit of money on the console and make yeah they sell a loss don't they yeah yeah except Nintendo Nintendo's smart enough not to do that. And Nintendo makes the money. Well, I wouldn't say it's always smart. Oh, well, but yeah. <laughs> when it works, it works. <laughs> true, true. So yeah, that's that's the thing. And, and in terms of backwards compatibility, I I'm not holding my breath for that because Sony does not have a good track record since the PS2 for backwards no, compatibility. Yeah, I'm not. I'm hopeful, but I'm pessimistically. I'm not hopeful. I'm pessimistically hopeful, in the sense that. <laughs> it would be great, but do I actually think it'll happen? Not really. Do I hope it does? Yes. I mean, we know yeah. that there'll be the more popular games. I That's fantastic. It means that chances are all the games that I own, I'll already be able to play on PS5 because, I mean, I don't have a lot of money to buy games, so I only buy things that get good reviews a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not overly, you know, I'm not like, oh, it has to have every single game because uh, I know that's that's just unrealistic. It's not going to happen. What are you telling? You telling me that you will not be upset if they don't bring forward the Order eighteen eighty six? Oh yeah, I remember that game. That came out like really early. Never mind. I don't remember that game. <laughs> I remember that it was a thing, and people spoke about it for a week, and then people stopped talking about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. I think everyone just talked about how. The game was in super widescreen and ran at a lower frame rate because it was quote unquote cinematic. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Anyway, let's. Uh... If I wanted cinematic, I'd go to the cinema. <laughs> that's true. That's true. How about we talk about the next major kind of news story, which was uh, a couple of different things happening in the world of Twitch. So, first main thing is Twitch banned notable online harasser slash troll Calvin Lee. Leafy is here, Vale. Um, so Leafy is here is what everyone knows him as. Uh, he's previously been banned from YouTube. That was about three weeks ago because uh, he breached some of the harassment policies. I think he kind of asked people to go after, you know, popular personalities like Pokemon and uh, what's uh, and Ethan, uh, you know, better known as Hehe Productions. So that was uh, why he got kicked off of youtube and it seems like something similar may have happened uh, on twitch now some people on twitter pointed out that he also used the n-word on stream recently as well so that that isn't that 
probably is also another reason why he's been kicked off. So Twitch hasn't given a specific reason, which it it normally doesn't do that. It, same thing that it did with uh, Doctor Disrespect is just kind of like kind of generic saying, "Oh, it's a breach of our community guidelines." But one thing we do know is that when Leafy posted a screenshot of the email he uh, he reportedly received from Twitch. Um, the reason given was that he engaged in quote-unquote hateful conduct and threats of violence against a person or group of people. So that's that's uh, that's not a fun thing to to you know go down for. So no don't way. know what the truth is here, but I, given his track record and given what's been happening recently in the world of Twitch and 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 the games industry is general, I would not be surprised if that, if a lot of these allegations come out true, but we'll, we'll need to wait to see what Leafy's comments and Twitch's comments are going forward. One thing we do know is that Slasher, so Rod Breslau, otherwise known as Slasher, as an industry pundit, basically said that his sources claim that the ban is permanent, as it was on YouTube, so... We'll uh, hopefully get some confirmation for that later in the week. The other major thing that Twitch has announced is a new initiative called Versus by Twitch. It's essentially a set of esports tools to make it easier for tournament organizers and companies to host tournaments using Twitch, you know, manage brackets, promotion, marketing, things like that in terms of the, the tournaments. So you can it probably makes it easier to have custom graphics on streams and things like that as well, as well as a an easy way for fans of specific games to know when their streamers are competing in, in specific events. So there'll be like a separate searchable directory of games that are ag events. So I would love to host like a double jump in a have to see if uh, we qualify for any of these tools because uh, it would be fun i think it'd be fun fingers crossed yeah yeah the other thing that twitch has done is basically now amazon which owns twitch and has owned them since 2014 now has essentially added twitch to its um, advertising framework so advertisers who uh, advertise on amazon services like Amazon Prime Video, uh, Prime Music, things like that, will now have access to those same tools, but now be able to reach uh, Twitch's audience. In terms of what that means for the average viewer or the streamer, I would say that uh, streamers and channels will get the opportunity to probably have more tailored campaigns and work and, and get to maybe choose some of the brands. So rather than having to negotiate your own deals and have your own kind of custom content and stuff, you could see... Um, like brands approaching Twitch to say, we want to advertise with you and then Twitch providing the tools to get them to work with streamers directly. So expect more streamlined campaigns from companies going forward. Um, I, As far as we know, we don't really have any plans to uh, extend our advertising using Twitch anytime soon. Thing the the most we ever do is like a mid roll ad here and there whenever we need to go to go to the toilet, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> hey hey you know what, a couple of dollars here and there doesn't hurt. It helps pay for. If you're gonna go to the bathroom, <laughs> you might as well earn money while doing it. Exactly, exactly. And the the videos won't get taken down. My other bathroom videos always get taken down. I don't know why. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just threw that out Look, there. Those videos are probably they're probably just not good enough to stay up. They're probably just a little too shitty. Oh, well, yeah. Say that again. <laughs> now, now I'm just taking the piss. <laughs> you know what, mate? Shake it out. All right, shake it up. <laughs> Wash your hands and let's move on to the next story, which is Ubisoft's forward stream that it held late last week. Zach, why don't you tell us about some of the things that happened during and maybe before the stream? Yeah, so quite a bit was announced during the stream, but before the stream, Eve Gimo uh, released a Twitter statement prior to the show where he apologized for misconduct that had been that had sort of come forward from employees at uh, Ubisoft. Mm. There was an apology for using the Black Fist logo for the Umbra Terrorist Group in uh, Elite Squad, and a pledge to make further donations to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. Uh, so this all happened. This was a video released in a tweet before the actual show started, mm. which interesting way of announcing this. I'm not sure why it couldn't have been done during the show. But moving on to the show itself, there were quite a few announcements. So I'm just going to kind of skim through some of the more notable ones. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the game, a beat 'em up which was released ten years ago. Yeah, it was a long time. Uh, and then taken off the store shelves is coming back. Yep. Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time is getting a remake, which Ed, our resident Prince of Persia fan, will be happy about. <laughs> Riders Republic: Immortals Phoenix Rising, which I have opinions about. But before we get to that, uh, Rainbow Six Siege is heading to next gen because of course it is. <laughs> um, and grime artist Stormzy is going to appear in Watch Dogs Legion. Awesome. Now, before I get into anything else, yeah. uh, what did you think of Ubisoft Forward? I Just in general. I don't know. Ubisoft hasn't really made a lot of games that really stand out to me. For me, mm. Rainbow Six Siege is kind of the thing that stands out. And the, and the Trials games, I, I love the Trials games. But... Seeing Scott Pilgrim come back, you know, it's it's good. I mean, you, you talk about not liking the fact that digital games like consoles have no disk drives and stuff. It's This is kind of an example of something that is kind of like the worst scenario where a game just gets straight up yeah. pulled from digital store shelves where, you know what I mean? Like that's... Yeah, and as far as I'm pretty sure people were selling consoles that had the game installed for like... <laughs> Yeah, thousands of dollars because it was like PT. It was like like the PT PS4s, yeah, it's like was that. Ridiculous. <laughs> but you know, I'm 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 looking forward to that. I haven't seen the movie. I think I read the comics. Maybe it's a yeah. bit of a blur. I remember I watched the movie. I don't really remember the movie. All I remember was that Scott Pilgrim was a dickhead. I yeah, I <laughs> remember in I the remember. comics like that's kind of the point. Yeah, and like he's just a shit. He, he's person. meant to be an absolute piece of shit, and he kind of is. But you know, the game <laughs> looks fun. Uh, from the trailer yeah. i've heard good things so i'll check it out and prince of persia that that'll be fun like i i never got to play the original prince of persia games well i got to play them but the ones i played were like the the mobile versions on my nokia phones i never actually got to play the original games on on ps2 xbox or or pc so that i'm interested to play that i i'm really interested in playing like a really nice action platformer like that so uh kudos to ubisoft to bring that back graphically doesn't look the best that from what i've seen but hey uh, if the gameplay is great i'm happy i can forgive that riders republic looks like a lot of fun i think it's the same people who made steep which is the the snow sports game that ubisoft released a few years ago and now it's more focused on kind of dirt racing which is it's kind of like it's it's kind of like Fall Guys meets Steep meets uh, the X Games, which 
You know what? I think everything should be a battle royale. <laughs> Every That's... game. Look, Nintendo are making Mario into a battle royale. I I think in ten years' time, just every <laughs> game will be a battle royale. There'll be a and then there'll be a battle royale to make the ultimate battle oh, royale. Obviously. And all and only the best game will survive. Con- the console, like there will be no E three. It will just be developers fighting in a battle royale. Yeah. <laughs> every exactly. company sends in one. And Rainbow Six Siege heading to next gen is a it is good. Okay, who who would be your representative from Ubisoft? Would it be? Do you think they'll parachute in Eve Gamo? Do I think they will? No. Do I want them to? Yes. I think they should just all all come down in and parachute. Maybe Eve Gamo will release a video before the tournament oh, and God. apologize for not participating in the uh, tournament. But no, I have opinions on Immortals: Phoenix Rising <laughs> for a few reasons. First of all, dumb name. Gods and Monsters was a way better name. Yes. Um, just need to put that out there. Second of all, I, look, I study, like, ancient, I do ancient world studies. So I, like, big, big, yeah, big fan of Greek it's mythology. It's set in, like, Greek mythology, right? And this is meant to be set in the world of Greek mythology, which is kind of a weird statement, but whatever. Anyway, I may be completely wrong, and if I am, please correct me, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure Phoenix, yep. spelled F-E-N-Y-X, is not a Greek name. It's not even close, I don't think. <laughs> okay. And I don't know. Just, You're the expert here, not me. When I first <laughs> saw the game, like, or when I first heard about the concept, I was really, really excited. I was really on board. Made by the same people who made... Yeah, I think it was a couple of years ago at E3. Yeah, made by the same people who made Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I haven't played, but I've heard is really good and does, mm. you know, ancient Greece really well. And then I saw the trailer and... Of course, when I think, you know, ancient mythology, epic quest, I think modern day jazz, because that's the music. I think... Modern day jazz. I mean, it's 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 widely known that the Greeks actually invented jazz. Oh, of course. The Greeks invented everything. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> but no, look, everything I saw about the game just slowly made me less and less excited. And I was just so disappointed by the end, like... I walked away from the trailer, or I stopped watching the trailer. I was like, "It looks fine, but it what is it? Look... What is it that it that it looks like it's lacking? It looks like it's lacking identity, and I'm mm. not saying that just because it looks too much like Breath of the Wild, which it kind of totally does. But that's fine. I don't mind a game trying to do something else that a game. I'm surprised it's taken this long to have a game like that that does have a lot of the Breath of the Wild stuff in it. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have a problem with that. I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, it's just a Breath of the Wild clone. I don't care. Breath of the Wild is great. If you're going to make a clone of anything, make a clone of Breath of the Wild. <laughs> but at the same time, make that clone have its own style. This just didn't feel like it had its own style going for it. The only thing that I really liked about it was the framing device for the story being a conversation between Zeus and Prometheus, because that's cool mm. as hell. Yep. Everything else about the game, I was just so like, okay, yep, it's that's definitely an open world action game. Cool. <laughs> have you played the God of War games? I have not, and I really want to play God of War 4. Don't really care about the others, if I'm being honest, <laughs> from what I've seen. No, fair enough. I, I would be interested in, once you have played some of those games or played just just the most recent game to see how you feel about the depiction of ancient greek and norse mythology in that one because you know it's something that you are studying like as far as i'm concerned no game will do greek mythology better than hades and that game doesn't even do it that well it just does it cooler than all the others in my opinion (laughs) 
And and by Hades, you mean the, the new Supergiant game? Yep, 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 the Supergiant yep. one. Because that game be is amazing good. and has much <laughs> better music. <laughs> You're not a fan of jazz, are you? I, I don't mind jazz. I just don't get why there's jazz in ancient Greek in ancient Greece. That that just didn't work for me. It's it's because it's all about jazz is all about improvising and going and going with the flow look, and you know look. the Zeus is kind of like that. You it's know like I mean? when the Sonic the Hedgehog movie trailer, the first one came out, and they used Gangsters Paradise in it. Why did they use? Oh my god. No, no, I don't think they use Gangsters Paradise. I think they use the original Stevie Wonder song that that sampled, which, uh, e- either way, it's a bit of a strange I th- choice. I thought it was Gangsters Paradise. I could have sworn it was. Uh, either way, the music well, just clashed yeah. with whatever I was seeing, <laughs> and it made fit. me feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> and that's kind of how I felt like this, except I also immediately forgot about it. Oh, that's... Well, I hate that title. I just I, hate it so much. Like, I... It just seems like the follow-up to, like, some really bad teen, Greek teen adaptation on the silver screen. It sounds like it should be a spin-off of... It sounds like it should be a spin-off title of some... Yeah, like, it sounds like it should be... Percy Jackson or something. Yeah, well, don't don't disrespect Percy Jackson like (laughs) that. But yes, but I agree. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, but you know what? If if it's if, if even if the name is forgettable, if the experience isn't, and it's and it's unforgettable in a good way, you know, the only people that will win out in that are the players. Look, so, fingers crossed. You know what? Let's give, give Ubisoft the benef- benefit of the doubt. There. Fingers crossed, but, but very loosely. What do, what do you think about Eve Gimo releasing his statement prior to the show? And, and and didn't Ubisoft give some excuse for not having it on the live stream? Something about like timing issues, which feels like a real cop out. To it's pre-recorded. Me. It's pre-recorded. Feels like a real cop out to me. Oh my god! Literally, just go Alt Tab, um, stream full screen, and then just flick over the YouTube or the Twitter like video and just play that. Like that's all you had to do. It just seems like it's like put your money where your mouth is in, in this in the in the way that you know if you really mean what you're saying here yes it's good you're doing the donations and stuff but if you really mean you really want to apologize why not tell it to everyone who's going to watch your stream that's promoting your yeah, games yeah make it you know unmissable I mean? the fact is it was posted yeah. as a video on twitter a lot of people just won't see it and and it, you know it's it's kind of sad but Ubisoft probably would get praised for doing something so quote unquote brave, and even even though it would have been something that they should have done anyway, but the fact that they didn't even do it is it, just it feels very performative. <sighs> like they're doing it because they're yeah. expected to, or because yeah, because there's like an obligation to do it, and it's good that they're you know doing the donation. It's good that they said something, but yeah, it, it also feels like they said something, but they wanted as few people as possible to hear what they were saying. Exactly. It's it's not a good look. And no. you can just see in the Twitter replies there, like people saying, you know, good message, but really poor execution. It really undermines the, undermines your kind of, your stance, undermines the, the credibility of what you're saying if you just don't want to really say it loudly, which... Yeah. You know what? You live and you learn. Hopefully Ubisoft actually learns from this and does a better job next time. That's, I think that's all we could really hope for. And I really hope Pretty that much. no other company tries to do this again. Just, just, just say it in front of everyone. Just, just 
put your put your neck out there. You know what I mean. Let us defend you. <laughs> Give us something to defend you with. If you're gonna say something, <laughs> say it properly. <laughs> Speaking of well, Breath of the Wild clones and Breath of the Wild, uh, Nintendo had an interesting announcement. Uh, Shadow Shadow dropped a trailer basically for Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity. Did you want to say a bit more about that? Abir? Yeah, man. It's basically a a prequel set 100 years before the events of Breath of the Wild. So talking about the Ganon Calamity, as I believe it's referred to in the story. And it's it's a follow-up to the original Hyrule Warriors game, which was a joint venture between Nintendo and Koei Tecmo. So Koei Tecmo, who publishes and I think develops the uh, the Dynasty Warriors games, so the kind of, I don't know, large-scale large hack-and-slash. Like, it's a very divisive game that a lot of people don't see much depth to the combat. It's just kind of, it seems like the type of game that you just kind of zone out and just, you just kill, you just press a button a few times and next thing you know you've killed like a hundred enemies, but people do like it, there are a lot of diehard fans of the series and people, I think were pretty happy with Hyrule Warriors when it first came out on on Nintendo 3DS as well as the Definitive Edition re-release on Switch, so I'm, you know what, I'm, I'm happy for people who are eking like looking for more breath of the wild content you know i know that you're really a huge fan of that game i know it's your your kind of your favorite game of all time and it seems like koei tecmo has done the right thing by really closely following the art style of breath of the wild like it's really crazy how well the art style is captured in in well in the trailer at least so that combination of the the dynasty warriors gameplay mixed with legend of zelda lore plus the breath of the wild art style is a really good mix um it's funny that ed i think it was last episode we were talking about you know nintendo needs a a system nintendo needs something to sell sorry nintendo needs some like it's in a big november game getting into christmas and i think this kind of suits that role and he he talked about you know some sort of breath of the wild announcement and this is you know what this is probably the closest we're going to get to Breath of the Wild before the actual sequel comes out. Did you catch any of the, the, the trailer? What do you think of this so far? I am way more excited for this than I feel like I should be, but damn, I'm <laughs> enjoying it. Uh, I like I loved the first Hyrule Warriors game. I know it was pretty divisive because mm. a lot of people were like, well, it's not really a Zelda game, but it was never trying to be a Zelda game. It yeah. was always... And it wasn't in the title anyway. It was always trying to be something completely different. It was a game where you yeah. just... You, you're right. You zoned out. You killed a lot of shit with over-the-top attacks playing as Zelda characters. And it was amazing. Because yeah. my lizard brain just activated when Took I over. played that. And I was just having so much fun. And now that we're getting a you know follow-up to that game and a prequel to one of my other favorite games... Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty yeah. excited. I'm pretty. Excited. It's a good. It's a good. It's a good recipe. Yeah, the trailer looked. You know, I mean, it didn't really show much other than that it was a thing that was happening. We don't know a lot yeah. about. But the it had game a lot of char- lot of playable characters in it. Yeah, the ori- the original Hyrule Warriors had quite a few playable characters as well. I'm hoping this game can at mm. least match that because there was a lot of content yeah. in that game. Which that's kind of my main concern is that it won't have as much content because you know the original Hyrule Warriors is on Switch plus all of the DLC that yeah. was released afterwards, which is available, mm. like, you know, it's all bundled into the one game. So that's kind of yeah. my one concern, but, you know, I don't really have a lot to say. I'm just a happy man. I'm just looking forward to it. And uh, we're due to get more info at Tokyo Game Show uh, on September the 26th. So 
I'm, yeah, I'm not keen. long now. That's it's just about a week and a half away. So that's gonna be that's gonna be. Uh, ooh, I don't know. Tokyo Game Show is gonna be interesting this year. Yeah, <laughs> considering I... how badly Japan was affected by COVID nineteen and and a lot of the developers in the area. So I, you know, I'm I'm hoping that we get to like see a lot more of the gameplay from this because I haven't played the Hyrule Warriors game. But hey, something that can just be a game to zone out and just chill like listen to podcasts or do something in the background is awesome because there are a lot of games that require too much of your time oh boy (laughs) and right now i don't have time that's a lie i do have time i just don't want to use it to think i really want to hear about a new elite beat agents game it's been too long i'd i would love to play that again and i think the switch is the perfect perfect system for it Heck, I would even take one that's on a mobile. Like, I just want to play some awesome rhythm action uh, in the style of Elite Beat, Elite Beat Agents again. So, hey, I am 100% looking forward to seeing what comes out of Tokyo Game Show. What about you? Anything for you? Not, I mean, other than Harold Warriors, nothing I can think of immediately. I'm just curious to see what, if anything, really comes out. Uh, I, look... And this is going back to me mentioning Final Fantasy XIV at the start of this episode. I am curious mm-hmm. to see if we will see any announcement of a Final Fantasy sixteen at some point. Because fifteen came out True. a few years ago, right? Yeah, I think about th- four years now, I think. And so, 2016, I think it might have been. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if we got something relating to that. But at the same time, I and... absolutely doubt we will see anything relating to that. Yep, and by Final Fantasy sixteen, you're you're saying... Uh, like actually a mainline Final Fantasy game rather than an MMO. Rather than an MMO and not a remake. Because there's been yep. plenty of remakes, Cause... remasters, re-releases, all that jazz, but <laughs> when's the next one coming out? Especially because Final Fantasy fifteen, I-, I haven't played it. I think it looks pretty good from what I've seen, but a lot of people say that it just wasn't up to par. Hmm. I think also having to rely on dlc to kind of finish off the story i think that's a lot of people right. didn't like that yeah no that's 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 a, never fun. not a good look a, a final fantasy 16 i wonder what that's really going to be like because the final fantasy 15 that we got was kind of an it's kind of a re rework of the final fantasy versus game that was first announced alongside final fantasy 13 on when the original ps3 yeah middle of the ps3 13. so that took a long time to come out so i wonder what idea that game is, is going to be yeah i mean versus 13 is apparently now just going to be what kingdom hearts 4 is because oh. kingdom hearts is bizarre and nomura wanted to do that yeah, for some reason uh, we need to know i think the the thing we need to know is what color is the protagonist's hair going to be we've had blue we've had pink we've had blonde Ooh. i feel like we've had red and black i want, I want maybe it's going to be green we need to know green sounds right a good neon green or maybe a really dark dirty green one of those two maybe they could get um uh, the creator of uh dragon ball z uh, akira toriyama maybe get him to pen some characters for for this game because uh, he hasn't been involved in jrpgs i think since since the chrono trigger game man you know what a new chrono game or even a re-release of chrono trigger and chrono cross that would be awesome because those games haven't been given the the remaster treatment properly i think we deserve that I i think we deserve that i would like to play chrono trigger at some point and as far as i know there is nothing that it's been re-released on but it also may be released on. oh well it was re-released on ds 
an iOS, and I think there was a PC version, but it's like not much work was done to it, except on on PS One where okay. they added in like kind of anime cutscenes. But you know that was like a couple of years after it came out on Super Nintendo. That's, that's it's more a port than a, like a re- remake or anything. But like yep. I I don't know about you, but I always feel like two D artwork always ages better than three D. I think especially oh, with artwork like Toriyama's where it's so striking. Like that Dragon Ball, like kind of that spiky hair aesthetic really does stick out. And yep. it was such a colorful game with some of the best music I've ever experienced in any form of media. Like that was, that game is yeah, like crazy good. You know, and going back to Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy VI, I mm. think has aged amazingly. So Final Fantasy VI, that was the last yeah. Super Nintendo one. That was the last Super Nintendo one, yeah. And I think it was released as Final Fantasy III here initially. Yep. That was, I think that's the one that introduced a job system. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Um, I've only played the iOS version, um, which was... Like, they read it all the sprites, and in my opinion, they look a little worse. <laughs> I don't know, like... It ages... 2D artwork just does. It just ages so much better most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but there's a company called Udon that does a lot of the hand-drawn artwork for some of the... Like, I think they did the hand-drawn artwork for uh super street fighter 2 remix kind of the, like the remake that was done on the ps3 xbox um and i think a lot of like different artwork for different games i'd love to see kind of an interpretation by a studio like like a like a awesome kind of manga or anime or animation studio like that Ooh. work on a property like a chrono like the chrono games because i don't think chrono cross has actually been re-released ever so if we didn't have it, I think there was a. It was like the, one of the last big PS One games. So it didn't even get released on PS Two, I believe. So, like you know, we're talking like four generations or something now of of that game, not of of skipping re releases. So I think I think players would definitely love to play those games, especially because we've got like a whole new couple of generations of players who never got to play them. Yeah, and I think those games would probably still hold up. Uh, well, I know Chrono Trigger definitely would. I haven't played Chrono Cross myself, but... Yeah, like... It's also probably a great opportunity for a developer to kind of sink their teeth into a new game engine, a new system, before they create, like, a new yeah. Chrono game. So, that was the news for this past week, as well as a little bit of a <laughs> discussion about TGS and, and the Chrono games. How about we move on? <laughs> How about we move on to the Vox Pop, where we read out some of the uh, questions from our community. Now, this week we've actually got uh, some responses to uh, the call out for questions. This week, a few few people from Discord have reached out. First of all, if you do have a question, you can send a question through to podcast at doublejump.co or uh, respond to the the thread on for each episode on our official discord so doublejump.co slash discord if you want to ask your question there and also become a part of the community first of all our first question is from aizen from discord and his question is will there be a game that none hate and everyone loves even if it has some errors so an imperfect game but that everyone loves can you think of anything uh, in your opinion paper scissors rock Zach? Never heard anyone complain about it. That's it's got a lot of errors. It's purely luck based. There's absolutely no skill involved. 
It's, you know, you've got very limited options. You just really can't, you know, immerse yourself in the game that well. But I've never really heard anyone complain about it. Well, it's, and, it's, and it's funny because the the Paper Scissors Rock, if you actually think about it, the, the, the mechanics of it has been in video games since, like, the beginning. Like, if you think about, like, the, the three main roles in a lot of fantasy action games, which is, you know, the tank the the kind of the the mage and like the mage slash healer and then the, like the like kind of the the rogue slash damage dealer so it's like you've got the three there it's it's uh it's it's funny how you've got like that three the dichotomy dichotomy of three and i'm pretty sure the do you remember the advance wars games very vaguely i never played any of them but i have heard a lot about <laughs> them if i'm not mistaken i think the advance wars games kind of had that uh paper scissors rock kind of approach to the the different factions i believe and, and different units so please if, if i've got it wrong i'm sure you i'm sure discord or <laughs> our discord listeners will let us know um i think another game i think is uh probably would you say ocarina of time I can't really think of people who hate that I've, game. Look, okay, speaking seriously, not answering the question as a joke, Ocarina of Time is a good bet, I feel like. Uh, I wouldn't say everyone loves it. Mm. Um, here's the thing, I I actually don't think... I can't really think of a lot of games where people actively hate them. There's just a lot of games where people are just kind of neutral on, right? I can't think of yeah. ev- a game where, you know there are loads of people who are actively outcry hate this game. Do I mm, think there will mm. ever be a game that everyone loves? No, absolutely not. Uh, I think they Maybe Super Mario 64. I have a feeling that no one hates that game. But what I say, everyone loves it. Because the question is that none hate and everyone loves. Oh, uh, I, I, I think everyone loves that game. Everyone who's played it loves it. Because part of it is that... You know, it's it's that thing of you know the significance of what that game was and when it came out, so you kind of forgive it. Like like he says here, even if it has some errors, and I think it, it's not that people hate the issues. Like you know, maybe some people don't like the camera, or some people don't like some of the platforming. But I I, I think the thing that cushions it from hate is the fact that it was so early in three D, and it was such a revolutionary game that people forgive it. If that makes Fair. sense. I haven't played it myself yet, so I can't really comment too much. Well, there you go. You might play it and you'll be like, this is a piece Maybe. of Maybe. Super shit. Mario 3D All-Stars is coming out, <laughs> so there's a chance. Um, but Oh, yeah, true, true, true that, true that, true that. <laughs> but I can't see how... Uh, yeah. I, I can't really envision a game where there will be, like, you know, again, absolutely universal acclaim. Everyone will love it. I can see games where people, where you know, the yeah. general consensus will be, yeah, it's a good game. I mean, there've already been games like that, like Super Mario sixty four and Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Um, but like saying, but a game that you know, everyone loves. People's tastes are, I feel like, just too, not necessarily too specific, but too specific to them for there to be universal acclaim. Like, yeah, you know, people might love, you know, I love a lot of different genres, but you know, I don't love every genre. And it's the same for everyone. And I guess, like, even a game like Breath of the Wild doesn't escape it because I think there are people who really, really dislike these, like, the survival game Absolutely. aspects of, that, you know, weapon durability and There stamina. were a lot of people who basically said that they don't consider it a Zelda game because they think it's just far too different and wish that it didn't have the Zelda name attached to it. 
which I think is absolute Ugh. bullshit because, you know, game series can and probably should, in my opinion, change over time. But anyway, um, that's... Yeah, oh, don't... But, yeah. you know... No, that's that's the thing. Good good, good question, yeah. Eisen. That, I think that was a good Some question. Good discussions. There. Yeah, that was, a, that was a fun one. I bet you weren't expecting me to give a serious answer to Paper, Scissors, Rock. I was you? absolutely not expecting <laughs> you to do that. I was, like... I was prepared to talk about the Paper, Scissors, Rock meta and how it's evolved over time. Um, but, you know, it just hasn't, I guess. I am a Scissors main all the way. You're, you're a Scissors man. I'm a Scissors main, yeah. Okay, well then, playing with you is going to be very boring. <laughs> Ooh, I, do, I do occasionally pocket the, um, the, the, the paper, just every now and then. Damn it. I forgot what the names for the other two things you could do in Paper, Scissors, Rock are. I think some people Scissors, have like dynamite and, a, and shotgun. I, I yeah, but those are just weird versions. I feel like that's that's, that's just uh, like what? Why would you do that? The real question is: Is it paper scissors rock or is it rock paper scissors? I grew up with rock paper scissors. I grew up with paper scissors rock. So see, that's the thing. It's like I grew up with, you know, where you, the game where there's squares and you've got a tennis ball and you've got people hitting the ball across squares and moving up and down position. I grew up with calling that four square or two square, but some people call the down ball. I called it both. I've called it both my whole life. See, for me, down ball was the game where you played, where you hit a tennis ball against the wall, like squash, but with your hands. See, that was always down ball for me. We, we interchange, like interchange them constantly. I, I think four square got used less because people were using four squares less, because oh, okay. squares squares were becoming a very, uh, were very low real estate. <laughs> it's very hard to find squares. That's true. Or good squares. There were always the best squares at school that everyone would rush, rush to. Rush to. That's true. And I guess a lot of pavement, like things are in rectangles and stuff. So, that uh, I guess why. Yeah. Four rectangles just doesn't roll off the tongue as yeah, well. Yeah, four rectangles is too too many syllables. It, it's not going to work. Exactly. We've done the market research. It's not going to work. <laughs> um, did you want to uh, read out the, the next question we've got? Of course, Jake asked us, "What is the best new game that we have played so far this year?" Uh, easy question because there's only one new game that I've played so far this year. Really, Animal Crossing: New Horizons. <laughs> what? What do you? Sorry. What keeps you going with that? Uh, sometimes I'm not sure. I don't know. It's just it's super <laughs> chill. Like. I started playing it, you know, when I started playing it, I was kind of playing it more dedicatedly, kind of. Yeah. Like, I would, you know, put time aside to play it. But now it's kind of just, I wake up, I have some breakfast, and I put on a podcast and play Half Crossing, and then switch to half an hour of another game, because you can only really play half an hour of Animal Crossing before you've done everything you can do in a day. And, yeah, it's just kind of become part yeah. of my daily routine. It's- I haven't played anything that's come out this year. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything that I've played this year, because I'm a boring man. <laughs> but when I looked at Animal Crossing, like I was kind of like excited for it, but then I'm like, it just, it, the more I heard about it, it just sounded like real life chores. Like while I'm already, I'm trying to escape doing all this. It, it looks- I mean, not that I do many chores anyway, <laughs> but it just sounds like, what? this is just more work. This is more adulting. It, I don't want to do this. It's real life chores, but you can't fuck them up. There's no consequence for not doing them. And also, everything is a lot cuter and more colorful. Doesn't Tom Nook take everything from you or something? No, not really. That's kind of just a, like an exaggerate, exaggerated like folklore meme, I guess. But I don't know. Like, it's just 
it's just an easy game to put time into and not have to worry about doing anything, I guess. It's like what mm. we were talking about earlier is how sometimes you want a game where you can turn your brain off and don't have to think. This is great because there's literally nothing yep. you can think about while playing it. <laughs> True. Okay, well, you can actually do, like, creative island design and things like that, but I am awfully uncreative. Well, like, like Gary Witter, who's one of the co-writers of Star Wars uh, Rogue... Rogue One, I think it was. Um, he basically created a talk show in Animal Crossing called Animal Talking, and he's had guests on there like he's had like Phil Spencer and T Pain and Brie Larson, I think, and Elijah Wood and stuff in that. So that's it, it, it's a cool idea. Yeah, yeah, it's it's wild how sort of yeah social I guess the game is, except it's really not. Like I don't know, it, it exists in a kind of weird space where it's like. It's like how mm. I used to play Minecraft. Like, I wouldn't sit down and just play Minecraft. I would always do something yeah. else while playing it. You know, I would watch YouTube or... Actually, all I did when I was 10 was watch YouTube and play <laughs> Minecraft. Anyway, but now, I, you know, I'll put on a podcast and... Now, you, now, you, now you know, you're a Animal Crossing or... Now you're listening to podcasts. Yeah, now I'm a big boy. Now I listen to people play D&D instead of <laughs> watching people play Minecraft while also playing Minecraft. <laughs> Clearly, I've matured yep. a lot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'll listen to a podcast, or I'll listen to this yep. podcast. All right, but I can never just just play Animal yep. Crossing unless I'm like actually no. Even like when I'm playing with a friend, I'll be talking to a friend, and yeah, we'll both be playing Animal Crossing. But like, we're barely interacting with each other in it. We're mostly just talking and then moving our fingers on a controller to have something to do. <laughs> Fair enough. I c- I can see that being the type of game, the role that that kind of fits in. It's just yeah. kind of that. It's just like a, it's like a good, it's like a, like a go-to. It's like watching a show again and again, like a yeah, a, a show that you know that you will just enjoy. You don't have to think too much about it. Exactly. That's yeah. That's exactly mm. it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. And we'll uh, finish off this uh, vox pop section with a question from Zagarath or <laughs> Zag the Bogan, as he's gone by now on on discord his question is when will we get another sly cooper game probably never but still have you played the sly cooper games i have Zach? never played a sly cooper game me neither i feel like they're probably like some of the best action platform Are games stealth games i always thought they were I stealth games like stealth stealth action platformers okay. i think and they're, they're made i think they're made by sucker punch so the the infamous people infamous and uh what else is sucker i feel like sucker punch just did a game yeah go so oh, Tsushima. Okay. um Wait, sorry oh, uh, so okay. yeah it's like cooper games so the, that's kind of where the action the the action stealth open kind of world kind of pedigree began in with the sly cooper games and i think they got like a hd re-release on ps3 but we haven't uh, seen anything about them on ps4 like if if there's a PS5 re-release or even a PS4 re-release, I think I'd definitely play them because it was definitely... The the PS2 was an era of gaming that I skipped over, so that definitely would be a lot of fun. When will we get another game? I don't know, honestly. Yeah. I mean, Sucker Punch has moved on to other other series and newer original games, but it, that doesn't mean that there isn't scope for a new game. I mean, look at just look at what Activision's done. Like, Vicarious Vision's releasing the the insane trilogy of Crash Bandicoot 
a couple of years ago, and now there's yeah, Crash Bandicoot Four. The other Crash you know Bandicoot what I mean? game. Like, yeah, there's there's a precedent for it. So uh, you know what? I, yeah, I yeah. like. I kind of always saw Sly Cooper, and I don't know why I always saw this, but I always associated it really closely with Ratchet and Clank, and I have no idea why. Like they just kind of occupied the same space in my brain, even though I've never They're played kind either of, of them. Mascots with a PS2. Yeah, so I'm just going to put money down on it and just say, we're going to see something at this PlayStation 5 showcase. And if we do, I am bragging about that on Discord. And if we don't, well, this podcast episode, just pretend that I didn't say that. It's a time capsule. It's going to be a time... It's a time... Look, it is... Predicting the future here and now. We're on Thursday, 6am, at some point they will show off a slight game. I promise. It's like watching a TV show that was recorded before covid you're like, what are these? These people don't even know. Like, what is, what is shaking hands? What is giving a hug? You know, they're gonna be exactly. like, what are these people like? What do you mean there was no Sly Cooper game what for is, years? What, what is Sly Cooper? All we know is Sly Cooper. Yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, so that's my prediction. Uh, this Thursday, six a.m. Alrighty, alrighty. Actually, no, 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 we won't. It won't be the first game they show. So this this Thursday, six. Maybe it's gonna be the you know, and one more thing. The thing that closes out the stream is gonna be. Like a little tease of Sly Cooper, you know, maybe he's like whatever that hook that shepherd. Maybe, but also I highly doubt it. The that that's because that space is solely occupied by the next PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. Oh, because that's exactly what people want. I I remember the original game name for that. I think was Heroes on the Move, which I think was pretty funny. That's what it was originally called. I think it was called that. I'm pretty sure. Heroes on the Move. Yeah. Oh boy, that. That's replacing Immortals Phoenix Rising for the worst sounding game title I've ever heard. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Heroes on the Move. That's what... Jesus. Heroes on the Move. It sounds like a parody. And then it became... Okay, and then it became PlayStation Move Heroes. PlayStation Move Heroes. That's... Okay, because I think it was... I think it was like a... Oh, okay. So that was like kind of... uh, It was like Ratchet and Clank, Jack and Daxter and Sly Cooper. Yep were all put together into like this like kind of action adventure game using the the move. Oh right, the move. And then, yeah, that was a thing. Yeah, okay. And then okay, I'm confusing. And then all stars that came out. Probably after the success of this, probably they just like, you know what? How about we chuckle our franchise people together? Yeah, because PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale came out the year after. Yeah, and that game, uh, as we all know, is a cultural milestone. So yep. that's what they're gonna end it is the Smash Brothers that we all yes, wanted. Yes, yes, yes. Because Nintendo wasn't going to release it on any other system. Uh, so yeah, that's what they're going to end the PlayStation 5 reveal with. Or not reveal, but showcase 100%. with. We're going we're gonna to do course. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's... <laughs> you, you heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first. Like, if, if we're right, you guys... If I'm right, I'm just, I'm just bets, done. Right? This is it. I'm, I'm, I'm never appearing on a podcast episode again because I will have reached my peak. You can no longer become a journalist because anything you say will come oh, true. No. So therefore, people will use your words as predictions. So it's a conflict oh, of interest. No. You know, you everything have to, is a conflict of interest. It, it, it just won't oh, happen. Oh God! <laughs> so thank you, thank you to Azen, Jake, and Zagara. Thank you for your questions. If you guys have questions for us next week, you can send them through to podcast at doublejump.co or hop on our Discord. So doublejump.co/slash/discord. Come say hi. Ask us some questions, and we'll. Hopefully answer them next week on the show. Now, let's uh, take it home with a couple of plugs. If you guys want to catch our live streams, you can see all of our 
live stream schedules for the week. You can check them out on all of our social media uh, profiles and those are all linked on doublejump.co slash links. If you want to know more about the news that happened over the past week, please read our latest Double Jump Digest. Um, Ed, Tom, myself, Jake, we all worked very hard to kind of collate all the news from the week and write about it. So a lot more stories in depth on that there. Zach, is there is there anything people should be expecting from you on Double Jump anytime soon? I am currently working on a review, but I don't believe that will be done this week. Next week is when you should look for that one. Perfect, perfect. Are you, are you embargoed or can you talk about what that'll be uh, about? I believe I am still embargoed, but I also may be wrong. Okay. But I'm just not going to risk it and say nothing. <laughs> Let's play it safe. It's, you We're know responsible if journalists I, if here. If I am All under right. the embargo, then that's why I'm not saying anything. And if I'm not, it's because I just don't want to spoil the fun. Exactly. Either way, we've got to look after check you. Us, check us out at doublejump.co because we write things. <laughs> that's been another, another fun show. Thank you, Zach, for joining me again. Hope you had fun. Thank you for having me. It's been a good time. <laughs> and uh, thank you to everyone who's been listening along for the past three months. It's pretty crazy that we've already got to episode 12 and definitely always enjoy enjoy having the chance to entertain our fans for another week. And you can uh, catch me every Wednesday on our streams as well. Uh, maybe this week I'll play some Twitch sings. So finally get those vocal cords warmed up Ooh. for a proper sing-along this week. Now I'm excited. <laughs> so Zach thank you again and hope you have a good week and until next time everyone look out for one another bye see ya alright yeah that was fun 